are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radiolex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Ember Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. It is a very, very rainy day. Severe thunderstorms outside, Amber. Well, I'm pretty sure we needed a boat to get in here today. Or a canoe of or, some kind. Uh, you know, I don't know, a little paddle boat. Titanic, maybe, if it keeps raining like this. It has rained a lot. But nonetheless, we are here and we are live. Amber, we are just... a few days removed from the biggest stage in the world, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl (laughs) 56 just passed. It was on Sunday. It was the Los Angeles Rams. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals, unfortunately, 23-20 to to win Super Bowl 56. And what a game it was. It was just exciting to watch the Super Bowl for the first time ever with my own football team in it. With seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Bengals had a 20-16 to lead. And the ball. I thought they were going to win it. I think a lot of people thought they were going to win it. They had an opportunity to put away the game. The Bengals punted and gave Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford one more chance. On a drive that included three penalties in the red zone from the Bengals' defense, Stafford threw a touchdown pass to wide receiver Cooper Cup with 125 left. For the second straight time, the Bengals lost the Super Bowl because of a late game play in the end zone. And what was so terrible about that was there was only 43 seconds left in the game. And it's we already had lost. So we had to watch the Bengals the last 43 seconds, just watch the clock Go down 43 seconds knowing we lost. It was terrible. <laughs> I I would have hated to have seen you, you know, during this entire thing. I can only imagine how you's probably big mad, wouldn't you? <laughs> you's big mad. I, I was. But how about that halftime show? I, hey. Finally, they put a halftime show <laughs> for us millennials. It was star-studded. It had Dr. Dre, Snoopy, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. And Kendrick Lamar, it was a star-studded event. So those were all of Dre's people, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yes. So you left out Fiddy too. Fiddy was there. Fiddy was there. Fiddy was Fiddy there. showed up. Fiddy did, and he came down upside down, uh-huh. just like he did in the in the club video. Exactly. And you know what? At this age, he's lucky he didn't get vertigo. So I wish people <laughs> quit hating on him. He did perform in the club, which is such a great song to play at the Super Bowl. Yes, such a great that's, song. That's the best club to be in. I danced the entire time. How could you not? I danced the entire time. I was up. I was dancing. I was moving. I was like, this is good. I asked my dad. I said, Dad, how'd you like the Super Bowl halftime show? He said, that was the worst halftime show I'd ever seen. (laughs) A lot of people are, that is is his age. He's 58, 59. They agree with him. Well, I think that what people were saying, anybody over 50, that was the worst. Uh, Anybody that was under 50 to like 30, that was the best. Anybody under 30 who's past was that I think was something I seen. Anderson Pack also made a brief appearance on the drums, performing alongside Eminem later in the act. Uh, that was a 
good one. Yeah, Eminem. I love Eminem. Out of everybody there, Eminem was always probably the one I listened to the most growing up. Nah, I'm going to have to go with Uncle Snoop. You like Snoop? I right? love Uncle Snoop. I do. I mean, Snoop Snoop was somebody. I, he was secondary. Yeah. No. But I did like Eminem. I wish you would have chosen another song. I'm sick oh, of man. hearing Lose Yourself for yeah. the hundredth time. I wanted to lose myself as soon as he started singing that right up out the room. Do you think that the NFL tells the artist what they can perform? I highly doubt that you can probably tell a lot of those people anything that they can Snoop do. Snoop Dogg was... Hey, there was a video of him smoking. I don't want to say he was smoking pot, yeah. but he was smoking something. I guarantee it wasn't a cigarette. <laughs> well, wacky cigarette. But he smoked. There was a video circulating of him smoking right before he got on stage. Well, I'd have to smoke, too, if I was going to go out there in a jogging suit that my granny had when I was growing up, just to see walking all over that little stage. There's going to come a time, though, Amber, when these new rappers that we hear today are going to be performing 20 years from now, and we're going to say, that ain't no count. I'm looking forward to that, actually, because they probably really won't be no count, because they don't make music like that no more. So the rest of the world, if you wasn't a Bengals or a Rams fan, you tuned in for two things, the halftime show and then, of course, the commercials. The commercials bring 100 million viewers on average, so a lot of eyeballs are going to be on your commercial. That's why people make big productions out of these commercials, and they certainly did the same this year. I love it when they have a Super Bowl commercial where they pretty much will take a old school TV show yeah. and they kind of reboot it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, they bring the, the cast ones. back together. You see them do it all the time. I think Seinfeld did it a couple years ago. Uh, Roseanne did it a couple years ago. And this year, there was a few reprisals. There was Jim Carrey. Uh, yes, that was my favorite one. He reprised the cable guy. Yes. And it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Because it was about Verizon and how fast you can watch television now with Verizon versus cable. Uh, well, the thing that got me was, you know, he literally still looked like he did when he was in The Cable Guy. Like, it's like he didn't age a day. No, and I do believe in Hollywood magic. I think that they can put the makeup on you, but Jim Carrey... He just aged well, I guess. Yeah, you, you know, can tell some age was on him. Well, now look, they didn't pull no Scream Five and CGI his face <laughs> on his old body, so I think he did pretty good. Did you see the Doctor Evil? Commercial? I did not. I told you you're gonna have to show me you're that. You're gonna one. have to YouTube that because what I loved about that Doctor Evil commercial was they brought back Doctor Evil. They brought back Fran. Bring yeah. in the laser. <laughs> Bring in the alarm. They, they brought back Scott, oh, played by geez. Seth Green. They brought back number two they brought back the entire cast and what was great about that commercial was they still all have it oh yeah they didn't miss a beat if they come out with an austin powers four i would go and watch it based off how they performed in that commercial i would go and watch the movie well i would say we're probably going to end up getting something then because i'm sure a lot of people felt the same way what about the larry david commercial don't be like larry did you see that one? i did not that was hilarious larry david the yeah. creator of seinfeld yeah the he's also stars on curb your enthusiasm yes he does funny man brilliant interesting man. man but the commercial he did was hilarious he basically was going around and they were people coming up and saying look larry here is a here is a tire this will make cars go faster oh it'll never work so they were basically showing him great <laughs> ideas throughout history yeah and 
he was like, yeah, that'll never work. That'll never work. That'll never work. And then uh, at the, in 2022, they flash forward and they're like, hey, Larry, uh, there's this cool thing called crypto. He's like, that'll never work. And trust me, I'm really good about these things. Aww. And it's basically a nod saying, don't be like Larry. Yep. Get crypto. Oh, apparently they ruled the entire thing, the crypto commercials. There were probably more crypto commercials than anything else. Yeah. Well, one one of the things that I find fascinating about the Super Bowl, it's not just the viewers and the amount of people that watch it. It's the biggest sports betting day of the year. More people gamble on that day than any other day of the entire year. And you can gamble on pretty much anything. Anything you want when it comes to the game of the Super Bowl. Yeah. There are these things called prop bets, Amber. And uh-huh. there are prop bets like what's the quarter going to land on? Heads or tails? Seriously? How long will the national anthem last? <laughs> uh, will Snoop smoke on stage? Yes or no? Somebody won. That was a prop bet. That was a prop bet. So here are the results of the prop bets, in case anybody are wondering. So the national anthem prop bets, here they were. And here are the results. Over under 1 minute 40 seconds for the National Anthem, it went over. Over under 5 planes to perform a flyover during the National Anthem, it was a push because there were 5 planes. Yeah. Will Mickey Guyton forget or omit a word from the National Anthem, yes or no? It was no. Will Mickey Guyton have a live instrumental accompaniment? Uh, will she be accompanied by a live instrumental? Yes or no? The answer was yes. What will the... Predominant color of Mickey Guyton's outfit be? The answer is blue. What will be the color of Mickey Guyton's microphone? You can bet on these things. Who is Mickey Guyton? That's what I'm over here wondering. Right? Who is this? Apparently, the announcer said, the voice of an angel. Well, I thought that was Lillian Garcia. But the answer was silver. The QB shown first during the anthem, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? The answer is Joe Burrow. Uh, the let's see what will be shown last during the anthem. Will it be a Rams player staff or a Cincinnati player staff? It was a Cincinnati player. Will any scoring drive take less than it takes to sing the national anthem? Yes or no? The answer was yes. Okay, here are the coin toss prop bets and answers. The coin toss result was heads. Who will win the coin toss? The Bengals. Was the coin toss call correct? It was incorrect. Will the team that wins the coin toss win the game? Yes or no? The answer was no. So here are the answers to the 22 halftime Super Bowl show props. Who will be the first artist to perform? The answer was Snoop Dogg. You can bet on this stuff, right? Will be Who will be the first artist shown at the Super Bowl? It was Dr. Dre. <laughs> first song performed during the Super Bowl halftime show. The next episode was the name of the song. Last song performed during the Super Bowl halftime show was Still Dre was the answer to that. Over under 10.5 songs performed at halftime. The answer was 10. The first Dr. Dre song performed. The answer was the next episode. The first Eminem song performed. You could bet on that. It was Lose Yourself. Mm. The color of color hair of Eminem. None. (laughs) Color of shoes worn by Snoop Dogg was white. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? No. Will any headlining artist be smoking? No. Will any of Eminem's performances be censored? No. Will a football be used as a prop? No. And those, those are pretty much your... Oh, type of earrings worn by Mary J. Blige. The answer was hoop. 
you know, all I know is if I'd have took that lose yourself bet, I sure would have lost because I really thought he was going to come out to my name is. But isn't that amazing? Is Right. Uh, yeah. But isn't that amazing of how much... And what all you can bet on when it comes to the Super Bowl game? Well, all I know is when they finally let us come on and host a Super Bowl halftime show, maybe I'll get some bets and I'll I'll look and see what my prop bets are and I'll make sure I wear the opposite earrings. But that was the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Right? And I'm, it makes me wonder, though, when prop bets like that pop up on the board in Vegas, can't, like... Snoop Dogg called one of his buddies and say, hey, man, I'm not going to smoke, so take the no on the will Snoop smoke at the Super Bowl. Can't he do that? Well, I don't imagine that these bets are going to be that crazy, are they? Are people betting the farm on whether or not Mary J. Blige is going to wear hoops or dangles? Yes, Amber, yes. This is the one day of the year yeah. for people to do prop bets is yeah. the Super Bowl, yes. Well, the most popular bets are prop bets for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it's things like, how long will the anthem go? Yeah. Will the coin toss be heads or tails? It's, it's pretty fun, though. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I need to go hang out at these places that host the prop bets. But, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Super Bowl. Hope that you enjoyed. And that puts a bow on it. But we still have lots more off the cuff to talk about, so stick with us. We're live. We'll be right back. I look real good today. 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 Jumping out the mother Bentley. Rolling in a Casanova Lenses. Walking with a pocket full of Benjis. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Amber, I don't know if you have noticed, but Off the Cuff has made a change. Off the Cuff has made a change. We now have a new logo. Hey. It looks good. I like it. What do you think? I really like it. I I do. I've had this logo of Off the Cuff for a long, long time. The logo with the blue background and half of my face. Happy days. (laughs) And the reason I had it for so long was because that's kind of how logos are. Yeah. They become your brand. It becomes your recognizable brand. So you don't really want to change a logo much. No. It's not something that you change a lot. So the entire existence of Off the Cuff, we've only had three logos. Mm -hmm. The first logo was, of course, the just the startup. I had to throw something out there just to have a logo. Yeah. And then I had the second logo. And then I now have updated it. And hopefully this logo will last for another seven, eight years. (laughs) But it was designed by Chad Rainwater, who has been on the show before. So shout out to Chad. I'm telling you, if you guys are looking for someone to do good work, with logos, Chad's your man. He's great at that. And I, I think that I just want people to know that, yes, I might be front and center of Off the Cuff, but Off the Cuff does not run with just me. There's so many other people that make it run. Obviously, Amber, but it's people like Chad, too. Without Chad, there would be no graphics. Exactly. There would be no cool videos that you see. So shout out to Chad for making off the cuff, a more recognizable brand. Now, I'm going to say shout out to Chad because, Chad, if I'd have had to make that or helped him do that, I'd have been on paint. <laughs> and I don't even think paint's an application no more. So you can check out our new logo. It's on all of our social medias, and that's what we're going to be using going forward when we show off the cuff or we're doing any type of branding. We'll be using that new logo. Uh, Amber, oftentimes a logo 
signifies the presence of a product or movement we know all too well. When you see a McDonald's Golden Arch, you think of Big Macs and French fries, don't you? Absolutely. When you see the BMW logo, you think of a slick car. I had too much money. When you see the Google logo, you think of searching for answers online. Beyond that, though, seeing a logo triggers how you feel about a company and what they provide. Yeah. So logos are very, very important. And it started making me think of all of the most iconic logos of all time. Some of the most recognizable brands. And we've had a conversation on this show before where we have talked about the most recognizable brand mascots. Yeah. Like Mr. Clean or Tony, Tony the, Tiger. the Tiger. But we've never really talked about just brand logos. Yeah. And I'd like to talk about some of the most recognizable brand logos that exist. Of course, you have Off the Cuff. Uh, very national recognizable Well, they've brand. got their new one now. So, <laughs> But... I'm going to start with Google. I think Google is one of the most recognizable uh, logos that you can see. Of course, yes, it spells out the name of the company, but even if it was spelled something different and they just spelled a different word using that lettering and that color, you would say they got that from Google. Exactly. It's one of the most recognizable logos out there. You have to think, that is the centerpiece of a website that handles over 100 billion visits Per month. And I can't even imagine some of the things that people are on there looking up. So I mentioned BMW, uh, a very recognizable logo. Yes. Even though it's expensive, you see it and you're like, wow, I know what that is. Exactly. And BMW is proud of their logo. They'll put it on everything. Well, I mean, it's an I mean, it really is in all sincerity. It is a nice logo. You yes. know? What about eBay? You Wait. see eBay's uh letter just like Google, you see their lettering and you see their overlapping and you're like, oh, that's the eBay logo. Yes. Oh, you made me think. I ain't been on eBay in a while. And then there is, what about AT&T, the 3D Globes? Yes. Very recognizable. You see that? You know you're talking about AT&T? Also expensive. Coca-Cola. Yes. Now, Coca-Cola, according to Brand Directory, Coca-Cola is the world's eighth most valuable brand with a worth of over $31 billion. And and honestly, when I think about Coca-Cola, I do think about two different brands. I feel like they they put a lock on two, because you got the polar bear Mm -hmm. that holds the (laughs) Coca-Cola. That would be the mascot. Yeah, oh, is that their mascot? That would be the mascot. Okay. So so the bear would be the mascot. It's interesting. I don't think we mentioned, when we were talking about mascots, I don't think we mentioned the Coca-Cola bear. Well. But yes, the bear would be the mascot, but the lettering would be the logo. When I think of logos, there is always one that comes to mind the most, and that is the Nike checkmark. Absolutely. Complex Magazine rated the Nike swoosh as the most iconic brand logo of all time. The simple shape is associated worldwide with the shoe company and high-quality athletic apparel. The swoosh was originally designed by one of Nike founder Phil Knight's students, a girl named Carolyn Davis. Phil Knight paid a grand total of $35 for the logo and was quoted as saying, I don't love it, but it'll grow on me. Wow. Way to tough it out, Phil, because <laughs> the Nike swoosh, just that simple Nike chet mark, has become one of the most recognizable brands of all time. And imagine how Carolyn Davis feels, knowing that she was only paid $35 for a logo that is now probably worth billions. <sighs> billions. But think about at the time in the 80s, 
70s. Nike was the bottom of the barrel. Yep. The bottom. Who made Nike? Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan signed with Nike, you got to think, Nike wanted him. Michael didn't want to be with Nike. He wanted to be with Converse because that's or or Adidas. He wanted to sign with somebody like that. He he didn't want to be with Nike because Nike was not a cool brand. It wasn't the first brand you thought of. He made the brand. Absolutely. So without Jordan going to Nike, it wouldn't be what it is. But that check mark has now been synonymous with who Nike is, and it's everywhere. And it's amazing that it's just a check mark. Well, and it's simple. I feel like some people, you know, like when you think about clothing, you know, they get these real big old, you know, gaudy things that they'll emblem on their, you know, apparel to show that it's theirs. But Nike's is just a simple pink the olympics the five interlocking circles represent the joining of five continents the americas asia africa europe and oceania and the colors represent the flags of the participating countries every country that participates flags includes red blue yellow green or black it's easy to tell what that logo is when you see it. You see it under the the mm-hmm. on TV right now because yep. the olympics are going on. You see the overlapping uh, circles that's the Olympics. Exactly. MTV. Ooh. The iconic MTV logo. That's a good one. What about UPS? Oh. Toyota. Toyota. You know what? I actually am going to go out on a limb and say I've had a lot of Toyotas, and I actually like their little... I like it better, I think, than most other vehicles. WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment logo. Mm, liked it better. Here's another logo that people will recognize. A lot of people will recognize this one. Apple. Yes. Apple is the most innovative consumer electronics company in the world. Has a cult-like following. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of that cult. Me too. But follow it. And the logo is is known worldwide. You can even take the fancy gloss out of the logo and it still looks good. And all it is is just a bite out of a little apple. Mm-hmm. Just an apple on an Apple phone. We've mentioned McDonald's already. You can see the McDonald's arches a mile away. They made that logo on purpose because they knew they can enlarge the big M. And they wanted to make a logo that people could see from a mile down the road. That's cool. Yes. Listen at this. According to Business Insider, these arches are recognized by more people worldwide than the cross. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing for McDonald's or just a bad thing for humanity. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. That more people recognize the golden arches than they do the cross. But you got to think worldwide... Worldwide, yes, Christianity is, I would say, I don't know about 2022, but I would say that that for most of my life, Christianity was the biggest religion in the world, but, and I would say it probably still is, I mean, yes, I would say it still is, but I read that and that shocked me. That is pretty shocking. I was like, wow, what in the world? Well, people love their Big Macs. There is Pepsi. Pepsi's Pepsi. Pepsi's Pepsi. Not many colors look better together than red, white, and blue, but Pepsi, they make it look great, don't they? What's your favorite kind of Pepsi? Pepsi's Pepsi. Pepsi's Pepsi. Target. Ah, uh, you know, I did a thing though where you have to go through and like pick the actual brands, you know, and they try to fool you with one. And I get the Target one wrong every time. It's a bullet. It's all it is. Listen, it says in 2007, they scraped the text Target because the logo was so well-known by itself. Yeah. you Used to, they used to have the 
the bullseye. Yeah, like a bullseye. And they had Target written under it or above it. But now it's so recognizable that Target, they completely take away the words because you can recognize what it is with just the red bullseye. Yeah. Well, unless you're me and you're taking a quiz on BuzzFeed. There is Microsoft, which is just the four matte squares. There is Shell, the gas station Shell. Yes, it says here, listen to this. It said the red and yellow color scheme was first used in 1948, and the design hasn't changed much since then, with the biggest change being the removal of the word shell in 1999 because the brand was so, because the logo was so recognizable. Yeah. So it's amazing when you create a logo that is so recognizable, you don't even have to put words. You ain't even got to put your company name on there no more. On it. No, Starbucks is another one. That is a very recognizable, very recognizable logo. You can spot that anywhere, anywhere. They also changed the background of the smiling two tailed mermaid, in case you were wondering uh, what that was. Mm -hmm. That's not a smirking woman, it's a a mermaid. Mm -hmm. And they changed her from black to green uh, in 2011, but I would think that's a pretty recognizable logo, wouldn't you say? It is. Some honorable mentions. Warner Brothers. Okay. That was introduced in 1923. Burger King, Mercedes-Benz, and Ford. Okay. I would say it would be my honorable mentions as being the most recognizable logos in the world. Yeah. But hopefully we can make Off the Cuff right up there as one of the most recognizable logos in the world. Well, since Chad helped us out and we didn't have to make it ourselves, I think we're on the right road. But logos are very important. I remember I did an assignment in high school where we had to create a product, and along with that product, we had to create a logo, a jingle, and a design for it yeah. and make a commercial. And that was right up my alley. I was going to say. I mean, seriously, that was right up my alley. I loved it. <laughs> I think my teacher still shows mine as an example oh, to students Jesus. today. But, yes, I just remember thinking that was cool. I learned a lot about logos and marketing, and it really can make or break your product. But those shows you, those that we just mentioned, how important a logo is. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. Everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. It's one of those days where my music is not cooperating, and you might hear some skips in the beat. Well, just skip a little beat. That's all right with me. <laughs> it's just one of those shows. That's what happens when you're live. You never really know what's going to happen. Never, never, never. But Amber, I want to talk about something that's happening in politics that I think is very important, and that is House Bill 63. And for those who don't know what House Bill 63 is, it's a bill that requires schools, public schools, to hire armed officers in every building. So this was passed out of the House. So it now needs to go to the Senate, and the Senate needs to vote on it. But the House passed it. So they are basically saying that 
the school districts need to put an armed officer in every school building in the state that's public. House Bill 63, sponsored by Representative Kevin Bratcher, closes that loophole and creates a system where if a district can't afford officers, the state school safety marshal steps in to help those districts develop a plan to follow the law. Because there was no funding that was passed to help these schools pay for an officer. So, bad move on that part, because that can be expensive. I mean, think about like where we went to school. Uh, yeah, so like that's very that doesn't have all the money in the world. How are you gonna put hire a full blown security officer on payroll so, at every school? I'm just confused. I mean, like we know that especially here in Kentucky, we're already having issues, you know, with our our funding for education, and now we're going to add another expense when we can. I don't know barely afford, especially in places that we grew up, to provide children with opportunities to actually just learn materials? I will say this. I am for the idea. I love the idea of putting an armed officer in schools. But why? I, I, I am for it. I'm not, I don't like that they wasn't funded, but I am for the fact that they have armed forces in in the school. And the reason being, you ask why, is because school shootings have always been a problem. Yes. They've always been a problem. I mean, we can go back to one of the most memorable school shootings that I can think of, and that was on April the 20th, 1999, when Columbine High School was shot up by two of their students. And then you think of these other ones, like Sandy Hook Elementary. On December 14th, 2012, there was 26 babies that got killed. Mm -hmm. There was the Majori Stoneman Douglas High School on February the 14th in 2018, 17 victims. Santa Fe High School, May 18th, 2018, 10 victims. Red Lake Senior High School, March 21st, 2005, 7 victims in the school. Or I mean, that has happened since Columbine. On April 20th. And I just think that if the school has an officer that is armed, at least, at least the students somewhat have a fighting chance because the students aren't allowed to carry weapons. It's just not, you're not allowed. The teachers are not armed, so they can't protect the students. So at least with an armed officer in the building, it might, it might even deteriorate a not deteriorate or persuade a shooter not to go shoot up the school because of a fear of the officer. Now, it depends on the officer that we get. We don't need to hire Barney Five in there, uh, walk in the halls. we got to have somebody in shape who can maybe chase down a perpetrator. Uh, well. But I do think that it would be a great thing for the school systems to put in place. But funding needs to be there. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this. I really am. Uh, you know, the big thing that's coming out to me is, you know, we're introducing violence enough, you know, to children. And I, I'm literally speaking just from my own experiences. I seen enough violence when I was growing up. And when I came to school, that was my escape. You know, when we went to school, that was the escape we got to have from the verbal, mental, you know, physical abuse that some of us were experiencing at home. So now I have to come here and I have to look at guns all day when I looked at guns all night at home. And then, you know, the next thing that kind of gets me is what about if somebody does come in and they're shooting at you? I don't really care how trained you are. Uh, 
you better be, uh, what was it, Raylan Givens, baby, able to get on one shot. Because what happens if this person, this officer, starts shooting at somebody that's coming at them? And then we got stray bullets flying all around little kids. I mean, there's just, it opens, it's like a Pandora's box. It opens up way too many additional things that could go disarray. I do think that the perception of police officers over the last 10 years, they've gotten a really bad reputation. They've got a really bad perception about them now. And I think that the younger generation doesn't have a lot of respect for law officers. And I think that when a law, when an officer is armed in the school, it's not like you're staring at a gun all day. It's a man in uniform. It's a police officer there on campus. And it would be a way also for the students to feel a little safe. I don't know about that. Think about the area in which we grew up. You know, law enforcement was not heavy. So when we did encounter law enforcement, and I don't care what it was, it was, you know, even the D.A.R.E. officer that would come over and teach us D.A.R.E., it was weird to see them because in the area we lived, we almost, buddy, if you're going to get hurt in Beaver, you better uh, hope and pray you got two hours because it's going to take that long. We just didn't have any experience with law enforcement. So if we're going to throw these people in, you know, to the school. It was one person. What one person? What do you mean? It'd be one. It'd be one person. It wouldn't be a whole crew of police officers. Well, no, and, and we actually had we had a resource officer. They were not armed though. No, he was not armed, and thank goodness because we seen what kind of person he was. I can't really remember him, but I do think that it all depends on who you hire. I just think about the situations, and let me go back to Columbine. I I keep going back to that. I think maybe it's just because it's my. It was it was really. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. And I think about the librarian that was in her library, and she called 911 and made the phone call to 911 as the shooters was about to enter the library to start shooting the students. And I remember thinking, man, if there was just someone there with a gun that could fight back for those kids and for that librarian, at least they have a fighting chance. But they didn't have that back in the day. There was no such thing as as that. So I, I think back of what maybe could have happened if that if there was an armed officer in the building. And to remind people of how awful and how tragic that day was, take a listen to the librarian from Columbine in the library as the shooters made their way into the building. If my audio will work, because of course. Jefferson County 911. Yes, I am a teacher at Columbine High School. There is a student here with a gun. He has shot out a window. I believe one of the students. I don't know what's in my shoulder. If it was just a last beat, who would. Okay, is anybody been injured, ma'am? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the school is in a panic, and I'm in the library. I've got. Okay, so she made the initial 911 call. So this next clip is disturbing because the shooter is making his way into the library as she is on the phone.
She said he is yelling at everybody to get up right now. He's shooting everybody. And remember, the library was one of the biggest scenes of the crime. It was, actually. But she says, hurry, send police, hurry, send police. And it just made me think, well, what if there was already a police officer, a police officer in there? But uh, Representative James Tipton, a Republican from Taylorville, he says, we have many social problems uh, now. Our youth are dealing with so many issues. They need positive role models, and they need to learn that they can trust a police officer, a law enforcement official, and that seems to be lacking in our society. Legislators passed the 2019 law requiring armed school resource officers after a deadly shooting at Marshall County High School the previous year. The district had armed officers at the time. Uh, Supporters of the bill say it's about safety and it's about respecting law enforcement. So it has been passed by the House. We'll just have to see if it is passed by the Senate. And if so, that could be something that we see in schools now. But I do think... There needs to be some funding. Well, Wiley said, if there's no funding, we're going to end up with uh, Paul Blart's on segways <laughs> in all the schools. Please, yeah, we can't do that. I would 100% take that job. Now, if we hire the Paul Blart's mm-hmm. of the world and put them in schools, you're it, it's irrelevant. What you did is irrelevant. <laughs> Don't be hiring some guy that cannot chase down a perpetrator if he has to. <laughs> If he can't run more than 30 seconds, he cannot have the job. Because <laughs> these kids is fast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time for Off the Cuff to take its song of the week break. And because the Super Bowl was so banging, and because Mary J. Blige is still that girl and is still the queen, let's play Family Affair from Mary J. Blige. We'll be right back after the song. Enjoy. Jay, getting too big for her britches because we got kicked off of Facebook Live because it says that we are playing her music and we're not allowed to do that. Well, you know what, Mary Jay? Don't be like that. Just because you hit the Super Bowl up once, they ain't going to invite you back again. You act mean like that. Amber, I am very perplexed with the news of Bob Saget. Yeah. Now, Bob Saget, of course, has passed away, but now they are saying that maybe Bob Saget's death was caused by a head injury, and it. some experts that do autopsies mm-hmm. say that his school fractures, his school was fractured, and yeah. it looked like... The same type of injury of a person who had been beaten with a baseball bat. Oh, my jeez. And the thought of that is scary. Bob Saget? Bob Saget. Bob Saget. But they have found out that his electronic front door to his hotel room shows that no one else entered the room. Once Bob entered, the next time the door opened was when the hotel staff found him in the afternoon. Oh. So the official word was that he did die from a brain bleed. Remember, everybody was wondering how he died. Yeah. Well, it was from a brain bleed. Yeah. So that's why they started looking into it, and and they started to suspect foul play because of the head injury. I can see why. Because of the skull fracture. And then the one doctor went out, or the guy who did the autopsy went out and said, oh, it looks like that he'd been beaten with a baseball bat in the head. But then you look at the history from the electronic door on the hotel. There was no entry. There was no forced entry. So they are saying 
And this is tragic. It's awful to even think about. But they are saying that he slipped, fell, and hit his head on the headboard of his bed. Oh, no. And died, yes. That's what they think happened to him. That... You know, I don't I don't want to wish it any other way, but if that did happen, that is such a tragic ending for someone who, uh, uh, for Bob Saget. I don't even have to explain it. For Bob Saget. Something so simple. You know, we remember Billy Mays. Billy Mays here. Oh. He died because he was on an airplane. Yeah. And there was bad turbulence. And when they were landing, his mm. head hit the top of the plane. Yeah. And... Um, it caused so much damage. Uh huh. He died from that. Dude, I've hit my head on so many things. That makes me kind of worried. Yes. Yes. I'm hitting my noggin on everything coming and going. Yes. Hitting, getting hit in the head is not safe. No. Your brain's up there. Well, but you don't, I mean, I guess you don't look at, you know, when you think of having a brain bleed, yeah, you do think of somebody beating, you know, you to death with a, a baseball bat. You don't think, oh my goodness, he might have just fell and boom, hit his head. You don't look at it like that. I hope that's not true. I mean, I, there's no easy way to say, well, well, I wish it was that. I hope that he wasn't murdered with a baseball bat like that, that guy said. Yeah. But even just to go out like that is is so sad and and uh, because he still had so many more years left to live in his life. Well, sadly, I mean, we'll never know. No, we won't. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to take another quick break. We still got one more segment to go, so stick with us. We'll be right back. to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Ember is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. I missed this Kanye. He's coming back. This was the Kanye that I liked. You say he's coming back? I think so. I don't know. Kanye has flipped his noodle. I mean, I say that. I feel like I say that. More often than I should, because... And literally, you say it just like that, Kanye's flipped his yeah. nickel, because it's always him. Yeah, it's always him. Kanye is always flipping out, and I really don't think it's for attention. He does suffer from bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. but he's been in the news lately because of his controversial remarks about his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, and her new beau, Pete Davidson. Gross. You don't like Pete Davidson? You know what? That man's got all kinds of money, and I still, still would say no. <laughs> There's no. something about him. Yeah, he has it bad. That girls like, though. I, well, maybe they like boys that don't bath, because that's all I see. Well, Kanye West on Monday, he shared a screenshots of a text message sent to him by his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian asking that he stopped putting her current boyfriend, Pete Davidson, in danger with his numerous public shots at him over social media. Kanye on Monday afternoon shared a shot from the 2001 film Baby Boy in which Ving Rhames put Tyrese Gibson in a chokehold, writing, <laughs> Upon my wife's request, please nobody do anything physical to skeet. That, that's what he calls him. He calls him skeet. I love he it. He says, I'm going to handle the situation myself, whatever that means. Ugh. He posted a series of screenshots of texts from uh, Kim Kardashian saying he was making things 
uh, Kim was saying he was making things uncomfortable for for Pete and asked that she stopped. And she also asked why he always has to post their private messages for everybody to see. And he responds saying, well, I have to because I got a text from my favorite person in the world. I'm your number one fan. Why wouldn't I tell everyone? I'm telling you, I think Kanye West has O.J. Simpson vibes. He's giving me those vibes. And if I was Kim, I would be scared because he is showing behavior of a man who would do anything to be back with her Mm -hmm. or to be with his kids, even if it causes pain or or hurt. Uh Uh-huh. So why are we not shutting down our social media? Why are we not taking a step back? Because, oh, no, our children's lives right now are at stake, you know, and and poor Pete Davidson, I really don't like him. He really ain't that funny. I'm sorry. Say what you want. You know, you are causing him a lot of drama. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. He is, because there are some hardcore Kanye fans out there. There are. And if Kanye is harassing Pete, if people see Pete out in public, or Skeet that he calls him, if people see old Skeet out in public, they could physically hurt him. He was encouraging fans to yell at him, saying, Kim and Kanye forever. Dude, you (laughs) you treated her like crap. And now that you don't have her... You want her back. Stop it. She doesn't want to be with you. Get over it. Mm. Get over it. He even tried to fake like he had a girlfriend uh, so he could make her jealous. She don't care. She don't care. She don't care, dude. Mm -hmm. So at this point, go back to... If we can get a good album out of this, it's worth it. That's what I'm waiting on. That's all I'm waiting on. I need a good new gym playlist. But remember, this is the mother of your kids. You don't want to jeopardize your relationship with 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 them. If you're talking bad about some about their mom, they're not going to like you no more. Well, but now he really ain't talking bad about her. He's not. I mean, and I am literally That's not true. trying to defend That's Kanye. True. He's not talking bad about her. You know, and I do. I find it funny that she, you know, that was the one thing she mentioned was him posting their screenshots. But, you know, we did not forget that they faked a whole conversation with Taylor Swift. So I can see why he's posting. Oh, Kanye, hopefully he gets it together. He's crazy. But ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff. If you liked what you heard today, you'll probably like our archive. So check all of our episodes out on podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. You can follow me, the host, on social media at the Adam Banks. You can follow the co-host Amber on social media at Ambu447. You can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9, and they are live, so we will be back next week, same time. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you in the next episode. Love for the streets, repping 213. Still the beats bang, still doing my thing. Since I left, ain't too much change. Still, I'm 